sorry for the super late release here. This is last night, this like almost evening. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I got this done because I took these notes and it's important for continuity. Plus, there was some fun stuff going on. I'm going to let everybody react to the New York, Oakland trade via listening to Anonymous GM's uh, podcast on last night. If you've not listened to that yet, please go do so. I'm going to start today with a discussion of a different trade, and that is the Sydney English trade to the Cubs from the Red Sox because, uh, to Jab's credit, he called out there was not mentioned, and we never discussed it in the media, so let's go ahead and get that done now. The trade essentially is Sydney English to Chicago. Arturo Gomez, a third-base prospect whose name is escaping me right now. Um, and then Kevin Hunter, the center fielder, right, going back to Boston. Um, let's take a look at this from Chicago's side of things and the pickup of Sydney English. If you're not familiar with Sydney English, he is a 25-year-old pitcher who came to Boston via Atlanta in a trade a couple of years back. He... It has great stuff. He, by all measurements, is a is a bona fide star. Not an ace, but a very good pitcher. Um, but his performance has said otherwise. He has struggled significantly in Boston. Over about 150 innings, he has posted a plus 6.6 ERA. Uh, that's not what you're looking for, right? So if you're thinking about why somebody like Chicago goes to get a starting pitcher who is proven in theory, across uh, enough innings to be viable that he can't pitch. There's some underlying statistics you need to look at. And you can start with his BABIP, right? He has posted massively inflated BABIPs in Boston over his time. Four-something last year, 375 or something along those lines this year. In heavy, you know, response to the fact that Boston's defense is really bad. Like, Chicago's defense is not good by any stretch, but Boston's is the worst in the league by a pretty good margin. They have a negative 11, negative 10.9, really, ZR. It's the worst in the, in the American League by almost 7.9 points. It's the worst in baseball by 5.4 points. The Brewers are a negative 5.5. Their defensive efficiency at 648 is only in front of the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox. So it's not great. It, it, they are very bad on defense, right, which we'll get to in a second. So moving a guy like him from the – uh, really bad defense that is the Boston Red Sox to a better but still bad defense in the Chicago Cubs should help, especially when you consider the fact that he has raised his strikeout rate almost three full strikeouts per nine and lowered his walk rate almost a full walk per nine. A couple of those two things with an improved defense, a little bit of better luck, and moving from a stronger league, if you look at the totals and home runs and runs scored in the AL East compared to the National League Central, it's significantly higher in the AL East. Despite the fact that National League Central has three very good teams, he's now moving into a weaker league. So the hope would be all these combined things, coupled with Sydney English's national ta- or natural talent, will help him succeed. I don't know that that's the case. He has just consistently proven he can't pitch at the major league level. But again, some of the outerlying statistics tell me that there might be something to that beyond his control. So we will hope him the best in Chicago. I like the gamble from the, from the Cubs side of things. You dump Arturo Gomez. You get rid of a couple guys who are decent, not great prospects. Um, you know, the biggest one here, I guess, in theory, the one that the, that the Red Sox really said they were targeting was Kevin Hunter. Uh, they said that he was doing this to shore up the defensive side of the ball for themselves, which you have to think is good, right? Their offense, I just told you, or their defense, I just told you, is very bad. George Springer is currently playing center field. You like his bat, but he has posted a very poor ZR. He is not a good defender. 
the two corner outfielders in Suzuki. Um, and goodness, the other fellow's name is totally escaping me right now. But he, they're not being helped by the fact that George Springer can't cover a lot of ground. The problem with this is that Kevin Hunter has posted a career negative ZR in center field and does not have the range to be a truly elite defender in center. So I don't know that his defense is really going to move the needle much in Boston and his bat is much worse than George Springer's. So I don't necessarily understand that. Arturo Gomez is in a real big hit too. Somebody with a, a uh, you know deep pockets like Boston. It is funny that he was traded from Boston to Atlanta. Atlanta resigned him to a three-year, four million per, so three million, twelve million dollar contract. Waived him in the spring. Chicago signed him, then traded him right back to Boston. So I enjoy that little piece of this story. Um, but you know, I don't know that he's going to move the needle. And this third base prospect they got, I like, but with the infield that the Red Sox already have set up, I don't know that he'll ever see the field. So it's not necessarily a huge pickup, although I do think he's a talented guy. You two, try not to kill each other in here, please. Thank you. Um, so that's the thoughts, right? There'll be more. Obviously, we're going to see the other results play out on the field, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Let's get into the games. The Yanks down the Astros after the Astros tied the game in the eighth. Uh, Antonio Morales hit his fifth home run of the season to tie it. The Yanks would end up walking it off in the ninth. They hit five home runs in this game. But it was a walk-off single by first-year Yankee Will Myers, only his third RBI as a member of the pinstripes, that would win the game in the bottom of the ninth. Miguel Velasquez hit two home runs, raising his season total to eight. Will Rainey got roughed up for the Astros, giving up four runs on four allowed home runs over five, now posting a 7.2 ERA over six starts this year. The Yankees improved to 14-17. and 17. Astros fall to 18-13. and 13. The Rangers avenge their loss to the Twins, 3-0 behind Phil Hughes, who looks awesome. Seven and a third shutout innings, earning his fourth win of the year. He's now four and two. In true Texas form, all three runs were scored via home run for the Rangers. Matt Barnes actually pitched quite well for the Twins, only allowing one run over seven innings, but still took the loss. Addison Reed recorded his seventh save. He's posting a sub one ERA for the Rangers, who, by the way, have the second best ERA in the American League for the bullpen which is wild considering how bad their pitching staff has been for years. If you look up and down this bullpen, everybody's a relatively new arrival. There's a couple exceptions, but most of them were acquired last year or this year is their first or second year in Texas. And they are all pitching really well. Kevin has been incredibly intentional about his acquisitions and putting this bullpen together. If the rotation and the offense could pick it back up, they've got a fix to what ailed them the last couple of years, even though they were winning 90 games. Right. So you hate to see the struggles, but, um, there with the are. Texas is now 14 and 19. Not as bad as it sounds, but in the AOS, that is not going to get it done. And Minnesota is 12 and 20 on the year. Reino Vallette wins the battle of arms between he and the struggling Walker Bueller as he goes 6.1 for the Jays, allowing zero runs on three hits. And Bueller can't get out of the fifth, allowing five runs, four of them earned, and falling to 0 and 4. Oakland has now lost two straight after that wild run. Byron Buxton remains hot, but Trevor Story and Lucas Edgar can't get off the ground, both of them hitting below 200 and not showing any signs of improvement. Obviously, we will see what happened with the exit of Keon Barnum and a couple other pieces from this Oakland team last night. We'll see how this is uh, impacted going forward. Brewers outslugged the Phillies, winning 12-9 in the 11th inning, total 21 hits to the Phillies' 17. You heard that right, 38 combined hits. The only starter on either time or either team to not get a hit was Philly's catcher, Tom Murphy, who was hitting 103 on the season. Cody McCuck was disastrous and continues his trend in the wrong direction after he was just untouchable for his first four or five starts. He gave up 10 hits, six runs, and two and two thirds innings. And for some interesting situations early on, relief pitcher Michael Favre had a hit. Uh, actually, it looks like he's not his first two at bats. He was one for two, but it looks like he actually has had some at bats prior to this for some reason. 
He did get a hit. He drove in two runs in the fourth inning. Uh, Kwan Ye Yi, who is nicknamed Goose, by the way, drove in three and had two extra base hits again. He's a bona fide superstar. Uh, Mac Davis, for some reason, still being allowed to pitch for the Phillies as he takes the loss and falls to two and four. He's a 13.89 ERA on the year. This dude is terrible this year. Brewers are 21 and 11, and Philly falls to 14 and 19. The Tigers beat the Red Sox 5 to 2 as Anthony Chapman tosses a nice game, kind of, for Philadelphia or for the Tigers. Uh, Jim was besmirching him and just saying they're going to throw him out there all year as the kids get ready. He scattered 10 hits over seven innings, holding Boston to two runs and getting his second win. Um, so that was nice. But Masahiro Tanaka falls to 0-2 for the Sox. Hasn't looked great in either of his starts in Boston after coming over from Minnesota. Jason Hayward still looks good for Detroit. Drove in two runs on three hits. Boston is now 17-15, and while the Tigers are 12-19. and Mets win their second straight, shutting out the Cardinals 7-0 and getting to Craig Cooper for nine hits and four runs in five innings. Alberto Vega looks spectacular, striking out 15 over eight in the third, tossing 119 pitches and only allowing three hits, all of them singles. I think I speak for the entire National League when I say, ah, shit. Mets improved to 10-21. and Cardinals fall to 18-14. and As we move on, Kansas City beats Cleveland as Felix Hernandez outlasts Josh Tomlin in the old man battle. Cody Clemens hits his fifth home run of the year, drives in three to pitch the Royals to victory. Kansas City is now 15-16. and 16. Cleveland falls to 18-12, and 12, still well in holding the lead of this division uh, over these two guys here. I guess KC technically is trying to make a dent in this lead, but we'll see. Atlanta takes the series from the Nats, winning two of three. Uh, 7-0 in this game. Oh, had a strong Porter Coran outing. Goes six innings, strikes out eight. Atlanta hit seven doubles in this game, as Edward Wraith just did not have his best stuff. The Taylor Sparks power outage continues, by the uh, However, he's making it nine straight games without a home run. His, his batting average has dropped about 30 points during that span as well. So time to turn the lights on, Taylor. Arizona wins it 2-1 to one over the Marlins. They are struggling hard. It went 15 innings. It was a really, really long game. Collectively, I believe uh, Ryan said that the Diamondbacks left 30-something runners on base. Wander Franco made his debut. He goes one for five with three strikeouts. This kid is going to be a superstar for years. John O'Hurley, he also made his debut in the outfield going 0 for 3. So a couple of rookies coming up from Miami. Bullpens in this game combined for 20 scoreless innings of work. Matt Miller finally gave up a two-out solo shot to catcher Matt Hansen, who was 0 for 6 on the night to that point. It was a wild game. The Diamondbacks are now 16 and 15. Marlins by 212 and 19. Rays and superstar Hunter Johnson shut out the Angels 2-0 and salvaged a game from the series. Uh, they would they win one of three. AJ Puck was also very good for LA, but he allowed the single earned run. Another one came in unearned, which is more than they could manage to score on offense. Rays are back above 500 at 17 and 16, and the Angels fall to 24 and 9. Thanks for listening. Sorry for the late release. I'll be back on time in the morning tomorrow.